Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Um, it is Tuesday, the 11th of June, as I record this on my way home. We'll see how the traffic decides to play, and uh, hopefully we'll get there in one piece. If you're hearing this, it's probably because I got there in one piece and was able to release this to the world, so that's a good sign. Spoiler warning. Um, so yeah, um, figured I'd, I'd throw down some, some random thoughts on the commute today to the world at large, i.e. you. And um, this is the portion of our program where I just sort of spam you with words while I wait for an opening to exit my parking area. Uh, and here we go. We're on the main drag. Hooray. Um, hooray for everybody. No impacts as yet. Um, for sake of reference, I'm actually a pretty safe driver. I realize that, you know, for the first solid minute of this podcast, I've referenced, you know, collisions and accidents and whether or not I'll make it home safe uh, more times than is warranted, um, given my history. So just, just want to throw that out there. Um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty safe, uh, behind the wheel. Uh, I am, um, the road I'm driving on doesn't necessarily have the same reputation. Um, right in front of my building is where I actually got hit by a car one day at lunch. Uh, you know, it wasn't bad. It was, you know, a tap. Um, but you know, cars like to zing out off the side roads and the, the parking lots onto the, the main drag at a pretty quick clip without paying a whole lot of attention to those folk around them. Um, and one day I fell victim to that, um, bent my umbrella that I was carrying, uh, but no real damage to me, thankfully. Um, but pretty much since then I've been a little, uh, a little extra cautious on this road, uh, knowing what it's capable of. So for whatever that's, that's worth to you. Um, that's probably why I bring it up so much. Uh, and I guess now I'll just change topics because that's, that's what I do. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you folk about my brief career as an actor, um, because it was exceptionally brief and not really, um, terribly noteworthy. But what the heck, we're, we're, you know, we're casting about for topics and, that, and that's a thing that has popped into my head. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, my first real acting gig, I suppose. Um, and I guess gig is probably not the right word because it was, you know, volunteer. It was, you know, done for, for a buddy. I, I guess technically it's, I was going to say friend of a friend, but if it's your, you know, at the time, girlfriend of multiple years, and it's her friend, I guess, girl, friend of a girlfriend, is that how we, is that how we do that, uh, I don't know, not important, uh, but I was doing somebody a solid and wasn't paid, so I guess technically it's not a gig, anywho, I'm digressing all over the place, as I am wanted to do, um, anywho, the gentleman in question, uh, were participating in some sort of 48-hour movie challenge. I'm not sure 
of all the details, I didn't didn't dig in on the specific details, but they're they're uh, you know a couple of, of filmmakers. Uh, I'm going to say amateur filmmakers, just because I don't know if they've done anything technically professionally. Um, that could be my own ignorance. Um, Nick from New York, if if uh, I'm wrong there, I apologize. I mean no slight, and unfortunately, I do not remember your your co-film person's name because it's been a long time and I apologize for that as well um anywho uh yeah he he, he called up Abby and said like hey there's this this make a movie in 48 hours challenge thing that we're gonna do and we would like for you uh and your family to be a part of it and we're like cool we're down that's that's fine um and the, the basic concept here is in a 48 hour window, um, the participants need to write a script, uh, obviously film the thing, you know, cut it together, edit it, etc., and have a finished product in a 48 hour time frame, as the, the name of the thing would imply. Um, they normally, I believe, have some, some, sort of guidelines, like, it has to have a certain theme, and, like, you, you have to include a, a certain object at some point in your film, um, so there are, there are, so, you know, it's not just whatever you want to do in 48 hours, go, um, you know, there are some things in there, I think, probably to force a certain level of creativity, and also to, you know, protect against folks who have previously made a short film, in longer than 48 hours and trying to submit it as new material. You know, if I believe the one that we had somewhere in there, you had to feature a wallet and in one of the scenes. And so, you know, if you'd previously filmed a thing that did not have a wallet component or, or fit the general theme that they were shooting for, obviously you would not be able to use that. And so, you know, sort of not so much incentivizes, but requires you to you know, keep to the, uh, spirit of the thing by, you know, creating something from scratch in those, those 48 hours. Um, so we get this call and it's like, all right, cool. Um, yeah, we're down. Um, ended up featuring, uh, myself, uh, Abby, one of our daughters, um, for reasons that I, that are lost to time, uh, that I can't remember, um, the other daughter living at home had something going on and couldn't be a part of it, uh, which was a shame. I'm tempted to say ironic, but I regularly screw up the use of ironic and it really upsets people, so I'm not going to say that. It's, it was unfortunate that she missed out on it because uh, she was the, you know, the one amongst us who was into actual theater. <laughs> in school, um, the youngest daughter eventually caught that bug, um, but it, it's odd that the one person who was actively interested in, um, acting in theater and so forth was not able to participate, um, and I guess to, to, to further that, um, she's also the one that I'm, is currently planning to study film studies in college, um, and she missed out on this, you know, film situation. Anyway, 
Um, you know, so we, we show up and they, he had a script and, and kind of went through it. And I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, go through the thing beat by beat. It's a, it's a very short film. It is available, um, on the YouTube last, last I looked. Um, it is one of those things that whenever it comes up in conversation, uh, with Abby or I, we're talking to somebody about it. We can never remember the name of the thing. And we then spend like 15 to 20 minutes searching YouTube, for, you know, in a variety of ways to try and find the damn thing. Um, sometimes with success, sometimes not. Uh, the last time that happened, uh, I made some sort of note or saved it to a YouTube playlist or something so I wouldn't wouldn't forget. Um, but to, to spare you from having to, to search like crazy on the internets, um, especially since I've not given you really any good search terms. Um, I'll cut out the middleman for you. And it is called Inkling. Um, I imagine if you type Inkling into YouTube's search window, there are probably more than just the one entries. I haven't checked recently. And again, I'm trying to be a safe driver and not going to type it while I'm in traffic. Uh, I leave that as an exercise to you. Uh, but if you find one called Inkling and it, it makes reference to, you know, some sort of 48 hour challenge, um, that's, that's the one, um, you'll, you'll know if you've got the right one, if it opens, uh, on a scene with a, um, ravishingly beautiful redhead hanging out in a kitchen, drinking coffee, making comments about how the birds are so darn flappy as she plays on her phone. Um, if you start to watch and that's what you're seeing, you found the right thing. Uh, if that is not what you're find, what you're, you know, what you found, I mean, watch it or don't. I'm not the boss of you. Maybe you found, you know, your new favorite thing. Who am I to judge? Uh, but it's not the thing I'm referring to now. Is is the point? Um, as a word of warning, um, it does involve nudity on my part. Um, I there is a portion where I am topless. So brace yourselves for that. Uh, I would make some sort of joke about, you know, basking in my grandeur, but once you take a look, you'll know that that is very firmly tongue in cheek, uh, as I am not, uh, you know, any sort of, you know, chiseled Greek God type figure, um, from a, a body shape perspective. Um, so rather consider that a warning to potentially, you know, avert your eyes, I guess. Um, but if you want to take that in, you can. Um, I, I'm not sure that it's gotten a whole lot of views. Uh, again, I haven't looked recently, but if you want to check that out, you're, you're welcome to it. Um, like I said, my first real acting gig, um, my first time, uh, you know, being part of any sort of film situation, um, I guess technically I have been on stage previously. Um, and since I've still got a fair bit of uh, travel ahead of me, I, I can I can get into that a little bit. Um, if we go back into the, 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 the dark recesses of time um, in the age of Tiny Todd, um, the elementary school that I went to uh, was a K through four situation out in the sticks. Uh, and every year they would put on an operetta, which as a youngster, I, 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 don't, I, I didn't know what that meant. 
Uh, basically, it was a sort of a, like a, a mini musical. Wasn't quite an opera, thus operetta, I guess. Um, you know, performed by students in grades, kindergarten through fourth grade. So, you know, you can imagine how high quality that must have been. Um, you know, I was in the things and I, I shudder to think of how horrible that must have been and the amount of fortitude uh, and um, intestinal integrity it must have taken on the part of the parents to, you know, show up and, air quote, enjoy the uh, performance. But uh, they used to have those every year. Uh, and typically, if memory serves... The kindergartners and first graders, most likely second grade as well. Um, the various classes would, you know, get into costume and be on stage, but you'd you'd sing a song. Um, you know, we weren't, you know, given speaking roles or lines. You know, you're we, we children. Um, I think giving us all lines would have been a a ridiculous situation, considering you know each class. It, when I was going there, there were, there was a, a morning and a PM kindergarten, um, and each grade K through four had two different classes. Um, so eight, so 10 groups of 20 ish children each. If everybody had a line, it would have just been a, a repulsive word salad of unbelievable nonsense. Um, so thankfully they didn't do that. Uh, they wiped out at, like I said, at least six groups worth by just let's let's put them on stage and have them sing a song and we're, we'll call that good. Um, and I don't remember all of them. Like I said, there there were at least four of them or five of them because it was K through five. Um, and I feel like it was a situation where you know, all of the prep for it took place in, you know, music class. Um, you know, it's not like there were, you know, crazy, you know, rehearsal schedule or, or anything. It's, ah, this week in music, we're going to sing this song for, you know, several weeks. Uh, and then I imagine, you know, the, the, the week prior to the production, they had, you know, like a run through. Um, so it's not like it was a whole lot of extra effort on the part of the students to, to participate. It was pretty much, hey, there's one night, the night of the performance, that you'll need to be at school. Other than that, it was just part of the school routine. Um, so I gotta think I participated in at least five of those things. But I don't remember any but one of them. And it was, I, I couldn't tell you what the story was, what the plot was, what song I sang. All I remember was that, you know, my my grade, first grade, I think, uh, we were little Dutch boys and girls. And I had a, a fun hat that went with that. Um, and, you know, a goofy Dutch-looking outfit. I don't even know how to describe that without it, you know, suddenly sounding vaguely racist for no good reason. Uh, it wasn't meant to be, but I feel like describing another country's or culture's, you know, style of dress as perceived by people in the early 80s in the Ohio Valley is probably going to come out wrong, so I'm just not going to bother. Um, 
imagine a little Dutch boy, and that's that's what I looked like, and, and you know, go with that as your mental image. Um, and I remember they did this thing to to make us look, you know, rosy cheeked, where they basically took I I I was little. I don't know that it was actual lipstick that they drew circles and filled in on our cheeks. I'm sure it was some other kind of makeup. Although then again, it was the early 80s in the Ohio Valley. It might have been, you know, somebody's mom brought in her excess lipstick to draw, you know, rosy cheeks on all of us. I don't know. Um, it certainly seemed to go on and had a hard time coming off as though it were lipstick. But again, I was like, what, six, seven year old little dude? I wouldn't know lipstick from nothing. Um, but for some reason that stuck out. Um, there was like a bandana situation wrapped around my neck. Uh, kind of like the, uh, the bandanas you see on like the Cub Scouts, but it was like red or whatever. Anyway, um, I was in that for whatever that's worth. And like I said three or four others that I just flat out don't remember. Um, I want to say in the third grade there were a couple of miniature little plays that we did, not on a stage, not for anybody really. I think it was like part of English class where they, you know, had us, you know, learn lines and do uh, a play like for the rest of the class or like maybe for the other classes. Um, and I have vague recollection of maybe, you know, my parents showing up during the school day to see it. Um, one of which I played a very minor role. Uh, I was a cow. Um, I don't think I had, I, I think I maybe had like two lines. Couldn't tell you what they were. Um, uh, I had a name. I can't remember what the name was. Um, I remember that there were, there were, were two cows. There was a boy cow and a girl cow. Um, and I played the boy cow. And I believe the girl cow's name was Bessie. Because for some, for that reason, whenever I see a cow, and for whatever reason feel the need to give said cow a name, uh, I refer to it as Bessie. Um, and I feel like Abby regularly calls me out on that as that's not a cow's name. And there's a name that she provides instead. And I'll be damned if I can remember what it is right now. She's probably listening to this, yelling at her phone, saying, It's <laughs> dummy. Um, and she'll tell me about it after she listens to this. And hi, Abby. Sorry to frustrate you on, on your commute or wherever it is that you're listening to this. Um, but I was a cow. Uh, it was nice because, I mean, it was, I don't know if nice is the right word. It was interesting. Uh, that's maybe playing it on a bit thick. One factoid related to my portrayal as the cow is growing up, we ha had uh, like a cowbell. And when I say cowbell, I'm not talking about, you know, the big musical instrument cowbell a la, uh, you know, don't fear the reaper uh, type situation. Um, although that wouldn't have surprised me if we did because dad was a drummer. Uh, but no, I'm talking about the little bell unit uh, that, you know, you see on cows collars in popular media. I don't know if that's actually a thing they do to cows, uh, nowadays or ever. Um, but in like cartoons and such, you see them with, you know, cowbells around their neck that make, you know, little tinkling noises. Uh, we had one of those. 
Um, so I we got to take that down from where it was typically stored at the home. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and put it on a little, I think it was a dog collar, cat collar. I don't know, it was some sort of collar we took from one of our pets. Uh, and I got to wear that and it added that extra level of, you know, authenticity uh, for it. So I guess from a, a ridiculously young age, I was a, uh, something of a method actor, I guess, if, if we're, we're going to get ridiculous with it. Um, footnote in regards to the, the, the home placement of said cowbell. Uh, in the house that we lived in, uh, there were a couple of rooms in the house. Um, I believe it was the dining room. That the overhead lighting uh, was a... It wasn't like set in the ceiling. It was it was like on a string, like a retractable string type situation. So you could like pull it down um, and adjust the height of the lamp. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that anywhere since that house that I grew up in. Um, but this was a feature of I think a couple of the rooms had had lighting like that you know you flip the switch on and it's the light in the middle of the ceiling but it like came down on like a rope that had some sort of like counterweight or pulley system to where you could like adjust it to certain heights and it would stay there and you could push up on it and it would go up you know to to the to the ceiling and stay there like it was it was weird anyhow at the bottom of the lamp there was like a little little circle like a little hook like so that you could grab it to pull it down um and this cowbell was attached to that uh, for all of my young years while we lived there. Um, and it was for, you know, there, I, I don't know what the reasoning was behind it. It was fun. As a youngster, I, I enjoyed that there was random bell hanging from the, the you know, the dining room ceiling fixture. Um, and it was neat because um, mom in her younger days used to do a thing where she would kick uh, and she would, you know, for me at the time seemed like she kicked super high. I, I don't know. As an adult, I don't know how impressed I'd be by that nowadays. Um, I mean, at our current ages, if she could kick that high, I would be super impressed. Uh, but at the time, it was very impressive to me as a young person that she could kick up and she could kick the bell and ring it and it was awesome um you know and I feel like at some stage because the lamp was adjustable she would pull it down and so that we could try it I mean even at its lowest setting I was a a, a, a tiny tot and probably couldn't make it but occasionally it would be down low enough to where I could jump up and like high five you know clang it that way uh which was fun uh when I could get away with it and I was allowed um the times when I was not given permission to do it and would do it, I would immediately get yelled at. Um, and the times where I would aim a little too high and miss my mark and actually get the whole lamp situation swinging, that got me into some trouble, uh, as memory serves. Um, but otherwise good times, uh, end of bell related side note. Uh, the other major role I had and again, I think this is like second or third grade, uh, was the Easter Bunny. Uh, again, I couldn't begin to tell you the name of the play or any of the actual, you know, plot points to it. 
Uh, it certainly must have been fairly simple as it was, you know, the second or third grade. But I, 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 I had the lead role. It was about, you know, it was a spring situation and I was the Easter Bunny. Um, which again, had, had a little extra special significance to me um, in that I don't know that I've ever brought this up on the podcast before. Um, but uh, I was born on Easter. Um, you know, Easter is one of those fun holidays that, you know, travels around the calendar um, you know, seeking a peaceful home. I, I don't know. There are rules around it that I believe have something to do with lunar cycles and some sort of religious situation as to why Easter falls, when it does, how it does, um, that I've never bothered to look into. Um, partly because I'm not sure how interested I am in figuring it out for myself. Um, partly because I'm lazy. It's just easier to look at a calendar and see what day Easter is. Um, and nowadays, partly because Easter doesn't really have a whole lot of meaning to me, what with not being, you know, particularly, uh, or at all religious. Um, you know, I would say it's, you know, it's a holiday. It's another day off, but it's always on a Sunday, which is in my line of work, always a day off anyway. So, I don't know. Um, Sometimes you get Good Friday off, and so that's a bonus little three-day weekend situation. That's my, you know, modern-day perk there. I mean, obviously, as a kid, Easter was fantastic. Um, yes, you had to dress up in ridiculous, you know, uncomfortable clothing. But, hey, the day started off with a basket full of candy. So, you know, fair trade-off. Um, especially when most Sundays you had to get up early to do the church thing your clothes were just maybe slightly less uncomfortable, uh, than they were, uh, on Easter. So, you know, Hey, basket of candy. I'll, I'll, I'll make that tiny sacrifice. Um, as an adult, you know, um, I imagine a lot of people know this, but, but not, not as many necessarily consciously think of it. Um, I know that it's a thing that kids are very much aware of, but I feel like it, it sort of loses some of its oomph as you grow older. But uh, as an adult, uh, you can purchase and consume candy whenever you want. You don't need a holiday for it, uh, which makes it kind of extra groovy. Uh, but as a kid, you needed those those certain windows. You needed those excuses. You know, you had you had Easter. Um, to a slightly lesser degree on the candy front, you had, uh, you know, Christmas, um, on probably a more amped up level, at least around my household, you had Halloween provided it was a year that your parents didn't think that it was too evil to participate in, which was my personal, uh, situation there. You know, Halloween was sometimes it was great and you could go trick-or-treating and get all the good stuff. Other days it was oh, the devil's holiday. We're not doing that. And you got squat. So it was kind of a, kind of a hit or miss situation. Um, but you know, as, as a youngster, you know, Easter was good for, for, for free candy. Um, I mean, I guess as a child, all candy is free. Uh, I guess an abundance of candy is probably the better, better way to, uh, you know, possibly describe that. Um, but yeah, born on Easter, um, I, uh, oftentimes, um, in my teen years particularly, um, 
at the high point of my um, parents, um, how do I best say this? Um, fervent evangelism slash religious restrictions on me and the peak years of my agnosticism. Uh, I used to get a kick out of saying, you know, it was the one, it was the one day that I was more important than Jesus, because uh, I was born on Easter, and I imagine I, I took up everyone's attention that day, uh, more so than what you would normally do in a religious household uh, on Easter, you know, celebrating the, you know, the, uh, the resurrection of their Lord, um, you know, bringing a new, new, new little fella into the world, you know, for at least brief glimpses for various people that day. I, I, I won that contest. Um, you know, so playing the Easter bunny to bring it back around to what I was originally blathering on about, uh, playing the Easter bunny was, was a little, little extra something special for me. Cause you know, in a way, you know, I came to my family in a basket uh, on Easter, so, you know, I, I, I am sort of, you know, the Easter Bunny, um, you know, to this day, my mom will still occasionally refer to me as her bunny boy, um, which is, which is cute and endearing, and I enjoy and appreciate that, uh, as an adult. Again, at various points in my youth, I maybe didn't appreciate that, uh, particularly when she would, you know, bust out that moniker amongst my friends, that was decidedly not cool. Um, but you know, as, as an adult, I'm down. It's, it's, it's cute. It's fun. Um, I feel like the times where she's broken that out, you know, with my family, you know, Abby and the girls get a, get a fun little snicker out of that. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all down for, for mirth amongst the family. So, um, you know, good stuff there. Um, I'm trying to think if I did any other sort of acting or plays or whatnots, because pretty much once I left that school, I don't think there were a whole lot of theater opportunities, um, as I'm kind of doing a mental list of the schools I went to and what they did. Um, it wasn't really something I was very interested in pursuing. Um, Again, I, I got nothing against actors uh, or actresses or wh whichever, you know, you, you choose to be called, um, nor their craft. Uh, I think it's a fine profession, and if it's a thing you enjoy, have at it. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of theater, per se. I can't remember if I've ranted about musicals on this thing before or not, but not really my taste. Um you know, I can suspend my disbelief to think that, you know, uh, various space aliens can exist and, you know, that folks can use laser swords and move things with their minds. Uh, but if someone's going about their day and suddenly bursts into song about what it is that they're doing, my suspension of disbelief is just blown right out the window and I'm no longer interested. Uh, musicals, I don't know, they just, they just strike me as odd and are not to my taste. Um, so it was never a thing I really wanted to, you know, participate in or, or take part in. So I never really sought that out. I mean, there may have been a theater troupe at my high school. I wouldn't have known because I wouldn't have wanted to be a part of it. And I wouldn't have wanted to go see, you know, their makings because that's, you know, where I was in life. And it just wasn't a thing I was interested in. Um, 
I did a lot of role-playing as a youngster, a la Dungeons and Dragons, etc., um, where, you know, I can do all sorts of, you know, funny voices and, you know, assume personas and that sort of thing, uh, either as the character I'm playing or if I'm, you know, dungeon mastering or game mastering, you know, assuming the persona of the non-player character that the, the group is interacting with. I don't know that that counts as acting because there's not really an audience except the people you're playing with. I leave that to you to decide if that counts or not. Um, I did a fair bit of that throughout my life, um, as that is a, a thing I enjoy a lot. Um, senior year of high school, um, they do they did what I imagine a lot of high schools do is you know this the, the last day for the seniors they had senior class day, which included you know a. a stage production of variety acts, uh, sort of a, a, I'm getting the hell out of this high school vaudeville, if you will, um, of which I and two other cohorts, uh, took to the high school auditorium stage, um, wrapped in towels from the waist down and donning various bath objects, um, and sang a cappella, the um, eternal classic um, made popular by Ernie of Sesame Street, uh, Rubber Ducky, um, which was good. It got a, got a pretty good response. Um, I think pretty much anything put on by seniors in a high school is going to get a good response because uh, you're buddies with everybody and or, you know, it's the end of the school year. People are in good spirits. Um you know, um, and really at that age, folks tend to be less discerning about their, their media and their art, um, and tend to think that things are fantastic when in fact they are, you know, in my case, mediocre at best. Um, so that's a thing. And I think that may very well have been the last, uh, piece of stage work that I did, um, until Inkling came around, uh, which was fun. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big one for memorization, which is why I don't think I would do well in an actual stage production. Having to learn lines and all that sort of a thing is not really my jam. Um, I feel like if they were short clips, uh, because of my role playing experience and, and enjoyment there, I feel like I could breathe some life into a role, but I would have to do it like two or three lines at a time. Um, memorizing a whole thing is, like I said, not really a thing I'm fond of. Um, I used to hate that in school. Like, oh, you need to memorize the uh, preamble to the Constitution or, you know, the Gettysburg Address or, you know, anything really. I just don't like memorizing things. Um, but when you're shooting a film, you know, that's all done in like, you know, 10 second bursts and if you screw it up, they just do it again, uh, you know, especially in the modern age where everything's digital, like, it'd be one thing if it were, you know, crap, I don't know, 40 years ago and they were actually using film, and if you screwed up, it was costing somebody money, but on a little digital, you know, video recorder unit, you know, you screw up takes one through seven and you're out, you know, the minute and a half it took you to do those seven takes, ain't no thing, um, you know, so, okay, you're standing here, you're doing this, you say these two sentences, 
and you do it and you're golden and then you're like, okay, now come over here, do this thing and say this sentence. Like I can do that. That's, that's legit. Um, I'm not saying I was necessarily fantastic at it. Um, please don't take any of this as anything to diminish, uh, the craftsmen of actual actors who, who do this, you know, for a living and well. Um, but what I'm saying is, is for my, (coughs) pardon me, uh, lazy ass who does not want to memorize, you know, soliloquies or, you know, any sort of Shakespearean whatever, um, I can do a sentence or two at a time. Um, like I said, I'm not sure how well it is. I, I leave it to you, uh, to watch the film and you tell me, um, I got the job done. Let's, let's say that, um, you know, um, and it was fun. It was good times. Uh, it was weird because it was filmed in somebody's house and it was the house of a friend of the filmmakers. Like it wasn't our house. It wasn't the two guys making the film's house. It was some friends of theirs. They're like, you know, um, the family is going to be out for the day. Uh, you guys come on in and film. Um, so it was weird. We were in somebody else's house filming a thing. Um, you know, and it was, it was, it, you know, it was, it was fun and awkward and, and weird all, all at once. Um, you know, um, it's particularly weird being, you know, effectively topless in somebody else's bathroom with cameras on you. Um, you know, I guess if you, uh, no, I was going to say if you get the chance, try it, but you probably shouldn't, um, you know, unless you're part of a film production, that's a thing you're into. Uh, otherwise you can get yourself in all sorts of trouble. Uh, being in someone else's house, topless filming is probably not your best combination for, uh, you know, the best of times from a legal standpoint. Um, but it was interesting. It was a, it was an experience, um, that I now have, um, and apparently can share with, you know, the rest of you. Um, so, you know, if you, like I said, if you want to, you can check that out. Um, you know, if for some reason you are just gobsmacked by the awesomeness of it all and, you know, want to, you know, procure my services for your short film, um, A, what is wrong with you? And B, whatever's wrong with you, let's roll with it. Let's talk, you know, let's talk, you know, scenes and locations and more importantly, the, the money involved. Um, and, and we can make that work, uh, you know, for the right money, I, I can go more than two sentences at a time. I, I, I will, you know, as an adult, uh, you know, you make the paycheck juicy enough and I'll, I'll memorize pages. Uh, you know, I, I can make that happen. Um, you know, provided the source material is, is, is appropriate and, and, you know, classy, uh, you know, I'm not going to be filming anyone's, you know, dramatized version of their, you know, whatever manifesto. I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not a shill for crying out loud. I have standards. Um, but you know, whatever we can, we can, we can make things happen. It'd probably be good publicity. You know, if I can, you know, get my name in a credit, um, be on IMDB, a little something to, to link people to that, that, that could be okay. Um, generally I'm not, you know, too interested in being famous. Um, as my podcaster listener count probably attests to. Um, but you know, if it happens, I'm not necessarily going to shut it down. Uh, you know, the fame and popularity angle. Um, 
you know, especially if it's paying the bills, because, you know, gotta make a living, um, you know, if that's, you know, acting or just, you know, talking about random crap on my way home, I'll, I'll take it, uh, you know, there, there are worse ways, uh, to make a living, um, see previous podcasts where I talk about, you know, working as a, you know, grave digger, um, you know, there, there are worse things I could be doing that are way more strenuous, um, than jabbering my jaw as I drive home, as I am doing right now. Um, speaking of which, um, coming in on the home stretch, uh, figuratively and literally, this is the last stretch of road before I get home. Um, so going to wrap this up. Um, I hope you enjoyed, uh, the tale. Um, if you get a chance and want to look at the video, by all means, do so at your leisure. Um, <clears throat> if you have good things to say, by all means, you know, share. Um, if you have mean things to say, uh, you know, keep those to yourself. No, no one needs that negativity in today's, you know, day and age. Um, but, uh, you know, thank you for listening, as always. Um, if you, you do have anything you, you care to share with me, uh, it's at casttodd, C-A-S-T, T-O-D, um, on the Twitter, uh, if you are in more of an email correspondence type person, it's toddcastpodcast at gmail.com, and, uh, you know, if you're fond of what you're listening to, go ahead and, you know, subscribe on all of the different, you know, podcasting applications and, uh, you know, rate highly where appropriate, um, share with your friends, family, co-workers, cohorts, uh, co-conspirators, etc. uh, as you see fit. Um, and who knows, maybe one day this thing will, will get a wide enough, uh, audience to where, you know, you can see me playing some two bit part on a, a third rate local commercial, um, that I've earned through my glorious fame in podcasting. You can be a part of that. You can look at that goofy ad and say, I put that guy on the screen to a small degree. Um, And who really, at the end of the day, doesn't want that? So thank you for, for joining. And until next time, I hope you have a good one. And that's it.